0: Welcome to Bro-Trek, the only pro Bernie Sanders Star Trek podcast from two brothers. I'm Ed. I'm Nick. Shall we engage? Make it bro. So, uh, I want to apologize for the episode being really late, everyone. Um, We both just had this really, like, dry cough. You know, I'm not going to the doctor about it, it can't be any big deal. Um, So, yeah, uh, I had to do some coronavirus preparation uh, to try to make it through the... Nonsense. So, uh, so Nick, you know this. Uh, I was at a Bernie Sanders rally on sa- uh, last Saturday with our dad. Um, it was a really great time, very inspirational. The weird part was when he asked us to all kiss each other on the mouth and then spit. Um, you know, I, 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 maybe that's why I've had this weird cough ever since. <laughs> so
1: it really is a liberal conspiracy. It's just orchestrated by Bernie Sanders.
0: Yeah, to kill all the all the old old boomers. That's fine. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, yeah, so that Tuesday election in mean, Michigan and Washington was pretty demoralizing. But, like, man, I just, I, I can hardly even think about what this stuff means at this point. Because everything's so up in the air, man. Like, Biden might die of coronavirus. <laughs> Maybe the is going to make Hillary the candidate, you know? Oh, um, God. I'm t- I'm just nonstop envisioning Hillary Clinton losing to Donald Trump for a second time. I just keep picturing it over and over again. You know, nothing can hurt me. I am beyond hell's reach. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Um,
1: What if what if Bernie gets coronavirus and because he's a superpower or superhero, his blood is used to create a uh, antivirus only for liberals, sort of like. Trump was doing but uh, I think I'm that's sure entirely
0: possible I think that's entirely possible you know we mm-hmm. got to get rid of this uh, got to make sure that we have a virus that only works for America <laughs> that <laughs> is just totally insane they're like hey we think we might have this cure and he's like to make sure the Chinese don't get it that was like his first thought Total he's a great mad, businessman man. always making deals yeah um, you you have to make those deals you got to make the deals yep. you got to make them um, so at least one interesting thing happened, which was we had the uh, uh, Marianas Islands primary <laughs> over the weekend, and uh, Bernie won that one, not only a couple delegates, but it's something.
1: A win um, is a win. a win ex-
0: a, win's a win. Well, and I'm also excited really curious what's going to happen with this debate because like Biden's going to have to talk for like an hour straight, and uh, I think with it's been conclusively shown that he cannot do that, uh, and Bernie can. Um, he had that fireside chat that was really inspirational. I think the possibility of Biden
1: puking up or coughing up a lung full of blood on the debate stage sealing the win for Bernie Sanders is more likely yeah. than de- than Bernie's or than Joe Biden actually out debating Bernie Sanders in a empty uh, uh, empty room without an audience.
0: It's totally insane. Uh, the uh yeah, and the weird thing is, like, like we basically have three dueling presidents right now, you know, with, like, Trump being the actual president, both Bernie and Biden, Biden trying to act presidential, you know, as one does when you're running for president, mm-hmm. uh, and just, Bernie doing a really good job, Biden, not so much, not so much, so, wow. it's a wild fucking world, man. Yeah, good thing for him, he's the only one that can beat Trump, so, <laughs> yeah, he's got
1: that going for him, which is totally, which is nice.
0: I got to say at this point, uh, I think electability is. Uh, I'm not really worried about the difference at this point. I think Trump's bungled <laughs> enough, every, bungled everything that if we even still get to vote in November, you know, uh, they're already like postponing a lot of primaries. I think George, Georgia and Louisiana had theirs coming up and they've already postponed them to May. Uh, Illinois is still on though. Uh, it's unclear if we're going to even have it like how many polling places we're going to have because like the people that volunteer voluntary polling places they're all like really old people they're all like just ancient retirees um, those are not people that are going to be out and about
1: Yeah. well I mean I have a hard time seeing a scenario where Trump's bungling of a situation actually hurts him um, it seems to be that he always ends up on top and regardless of what it is and uh, who's at fault
0: yeah, I mean, I think there's there's something to that, but at the same time, I think there's the difference between like him bungling something with optics, where his like lying, just lying right through it, you know, just just that works when you know getting caught in a lie and then double downing on the lie and then dragging out some like random chump after like no Donald Trump's definitely not lying. That works until it stops in the material reality of the world, and people are like. Yeah, I haven't left my house in three months. Uh, Not feeling too good about our president right now. Also, there's a recession and everyone's laid off. I mean, you would think that that's
1: how things would work, Edward. But history is uh, repeatedly uh, disproving that. But we shall see. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm being being overly optimistic. Be pessimistic about this, Edward. It's way more fun. You're in quarantine right now. You have coronavirus. What the fuck are you going to (laughs) do? Sit around and be happy about how things are working out? That's very true. I mean, as soon gonna, as your Wi-Fi goes out, then you know you're going to spiral down. Just get it over now.
0: Yeah. No, I'm just going to keep envisioning a hell world where uh, Biden gets coronavirus and they make Hillary the nominee at the last minute and she just somehow manages to eat shit to Donald Trump for a second time.
1: <laughs>
0: Literally, the I, I think that's the only scenario where Trump's reelected. She is the only person that could lose to him. I would vote for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton simply because she's a woman. That's true. It's a very good reason. All right, so electability. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, Donald Trump's the most electable, so I gotta vote for him. Yep. Um, So let's talk about this episode. Uh, This. Synopsis of it, uh, Picard and Soji transport to the Nepenthe, home to, this, to some old and trusted friends. As the rest of La Sirena's crew attempts to join them, Picard helps Soji make sense of her recently unlocked memories. Meanwhile, Hugh and Elnor are left on the Borg Cube and must face an angered Nerissa. And on that last point, last week or last episode, rather, you said, I hope Elnor turns into a ghost sneaking around the Borg Cube killing people. And guess what? You were right. That totally is what happened in this episode. Yep called it Nick called it he's got it Mm -hmm. um so uh I would say this is the best episode so far oh I thought it was the worst by far really you didn't like this one I thought it it was all
1: weird so I mean not all of it like the it was cool to see uh uh Riker and Picard but it had Deanna Troy in it which made it suck um just like she does every scene But I just hated her character. She Mm. was pretending she had, you know, mind reading powers again. She's like, hmm, you're a robot. I'll say you have no soul when I read you. And it's just, I hate her so much. I thought that you had told me that her and Riker were no longer uh, on good terms and that no one really knows why they don't speak to each other anymore.
0: In the first episode.
1: I believe you huh. said that her and Riker th- got married, got divorced, and don't live separate, and no one really knows
0: for sure why. So that is, uh, you misremembered. That is in the finale of the Star Trek The Next Generation, which it like flashes forward to the future, like basically the equivalent of around the time where, you know, maybe a couple years ago of this show, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, in that, f- f- like, I don't know, envisioned future. Picard, Picard and dr Beverly crusher got married and then got divorced um oh. and then but but they never really like specify exactly why they got divorced and this just kind of like left as something went something happened mm-hmm. um, and that's it but no no I, I think in that in that one I don't remember I think Troy and Riker aren't even in the stuff that's said in the future or, or something along those lines I don't actually remember I'd have to look it back up or maybe no I remember yeah Riker's Troy's in that one in that future Troy died Riker was like an admiral and was just very angry or something like that so a very different future than the one we see Mm -hmm. um, the kind of actual future that this that this shows in Um, but yeah I loved it man I was so excited for the return of thick daddy icon sexual revolutionary Will Riker also man we never got to see him sit on a chair a single time and I'm pretty pissed off that's true that's true. Um, I did like that. With well, the first time we see him, you know, he's like cooking, and you hear the jazz music playing. Just because that's that's what that's what Riker loves. I just watching it, man. It was just like a chill vibe of an episode. I could hang out on Nepenthe forever. Just just seeing them, just like... these characters interacting with each other again mm-hmm. for the first time since whatever, like two thousand one. I think that's when the last movie came out. Um, just I don't know. It just it felt very comforting. It was a very comfortable episode. I really, really, really loved it. I loved all the interactions between the characters. Um, just the the vibe of it. Just the way it was just very anchored in character interactions as these two people that loved and knew Picard helped Picard figure out what he needed to do to go forward. Not in the details of this is how you get into the ship or whatever, but like emotionally this is what he needs to do. This is help him figure out where he's at because he really is, in this like new thing for him, and then help him figure out what he needs to do with Soji. Help Soji figure out who she is. Her interactions with the kid character, I thought, were really sweet. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, I, I loved it. I, I, watched it and immediately could have watched it again. It made me. It was very a uh, cottage core, uh, which is this kind of like internet culture of like, you know, whatever like warm, cozy pictures of people like holding a hen and wearing an apron or whatever. Yeah yeah
1: I I don't know for some reason I thought it was directed poorly like the acting was more on the nose than it was uh, or it it was less it was more acting than it was you know watching a story unfold um sort of like whenever you watch a movie or a show then you have the screen smoothing on you can see the acting like I felt like it was obvious in a non-visual way um you don't want to talk about the screen smoothing.
0: Uh, I know, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I, the, w- you know when you have the screen smoothing on, and it like enhances the yeah, it it like
1: a yeah, it looks like a, um, yeah. so, a soap, soap
0: opera. Op. yeah, yeah, and somehow that makes everything feel faker, even though it's um, in some ways it's hyper real, but that just enhances the fakery. As opposed to like watching a movie on twenty four frames per second, you know. Right, right. Um, but metaphorically, no, I, I not like that. Yeah, no, know? I get um, what you're saying. Um, I just I felt the acting was just so on point. I think, in particular, I, was, I I know you don't like the character of Troy, but I thought that that like for someone who hasn't played that character in whatever twenty years, like she just slipped right back into it, and it was pretty incredible to watch. Well, so you know,
1: maybe it was you know uh, on purpose, but like Soji calling her out, being like. I can see what you're doing here, being extra nice, and it, that's how I felt she acted the entire uh, episode. Was well, she was yeah. just smiling and, and nodding, you know? Um,
0: but I think some of that I was think, her being defensive of her family, you know? Yeah, like, yeah what... kind of.
1: But it, it, to me, it was it was annoying. I, it's probably because I dislike her, though. Um, yeah. But also Picard, he was. I, I hate plots driven by making mistakes. Um, That it's especially if they seem obvious, uh, like Picard just being, you know, having a terrible bedside manner and telling her in the weirdest ways that she's an android, let the little girl, and then be like, oh, just calm down, Soji. This is how it is. And then calling her out for thinking that he, for her not trusting him and everybody else completely and just being an asshole. It just drives me crazy that. all the scenes where it's him being an extra asshole as opposed to just being a little asshole. Makes me almost think that that's going to be a plot point in the future. It re- they reveal that his brain uh, issue makes him an asshole.
0: And, I don't know. He's. Just, I don't think it's that. I, I just think, like, well, they all, Picard, uh, Picard's used to be in Picard, you know? Yeah, well, but yeah, but... But, like, but he wasn't he, an he's asshole. used to boss... Yeah, but he's used to bossing people around. And, like, he's learning that, like... You can't boss a teen around. Like, just think about like all the interactions he had with Wesley Crusher back on the original show. That was like the one place where he just fucked up nonstop. Was well, there, like there's
1: a difference between bossing somebody around and just being a jerk. You know. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty obvious if somebody just found out that their entire life was fabricated and they're only a couple years old. You don't start yeah. razzing them about it. You know, an hour after you meet them, and you know, kidnap them if you yeah. want them to be on yeah. your side. Yeah, fair enough. Then he yells at Riker. He's like, Shut up, Will. Let me tell you what's going on during the dinner. And Riker's like, Ugh. But whatever.
0: Yeah. Anyway. So let's get into the plot of this one. This one's a little bit hard to summarize because so much of it is just like kind of conversations, you know, as opposed Mm -hmm. to like plotty bits moving along. So, what I'm going to kind of start off with just the kind of opening stuff, then just stick with the Nepenthe and then talk about the stuff that happened on the cube and the stuff that happened on the last arena separately at the end. So opens up with a flashback, uh, that reveals, uh, so with commander, O mind melding with Agnes Girati and shows her all this, like, you know, hellish future of synthetic life. And then gives her a tracking device. And I mean, a couple things I thought there was a, like, it wasn't so much, it wasn't as seen as a, For the content of the scene, it was, you know, kind of neither good nor bad. It just was. But there's a lot of little interesting bits in it that I I want to talk about. So um, the first one is, like, Commander O did a mind meld. We had thought she was a Romulan who was undercover as a Vulcan. Maybe she is an actual Vulcan who's just, like, either a traitor to the Federation and has been turned to the Romulans or is in some sort of, like, Conspiracy that spans both the Vulcans and or spans both the Federation and the Romulans. I mean, how did you react to that?
1: I assumed it, it meant she was a Vulcan and whatever organization she's acting on behalf of is part of what, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Riz, Riz, Riz what's her name? Rizzy? Oh, Rizzo. Rafi, yeah. Rafi. Part of what oh, Rafi was okay. referring to as the conspiracy, or, uh, and she said, and then what. Oh, Madden yeah. Said. The, like, s- and I circle Starfleet, of eight or something. I think like Starfleet's that. involved,
0: you know? So yeah. she's that. She's part of that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's. I guess it's not entirely outside of the realm of possibility that she is a Romulan who can do a mind meld. Yeah, I don't. They've never completely. My I actually did a little research on this. They never completely have locked down in canon whether or not they can or cannot do that. Like, in some some of the kind of stories they've told, it implies that like Romulans on average have less telepathic abilities than Vulcans. You know, just like just. Through the, like some of it some of it is just it's just you know whatever two thousand years apart, but some of it's also it's the people that chose to move to romulan were people that either did mm-hmm. not believe in psychic abilities or didn't have psychic abilities or something like that and then there's um and there's also been stuff thats implied that they could one hundred percent totally do mind melds they just don't do it it's just that you, you know like anything else it's a skill you know it's like knowing how to whistle like they want you know. The Romulans can whistle, can't whistle, because no one—they don't teach each other, and no one does it. And the uh, Vulcans can because they learned how to do it. You know, only it's instead of whistling, it's mind melts. But, well, so do you think um, what she
1: showed her was like a prophecy, like the prophecy that the the uh, Vagosh uh keep the secret of that? If you know, if you know it, it that it could kill you.
0: That thing. I mean, maybe... I guess I hadn't thought of it that way, but that does make sense. Well, I mean, what, if, it's, okay, so here,
1: if 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 uh, sentient life or uh, artificial life comes about, it's the end of the world is basically what she yeah. showed her. Yeah. I mean, that certainly hasn't happened. So it's either made up or some sort of prophecy, I guess.
0: Yeah. Here's something that I noticed that I didn't really make a connection to the prophecy aspects of this, but I think it might be interesting. So when they show that when she like mind melds you see like just kind of this quick flashes of stuff right it's kind of hard to see what's going on in it unless you uh like pause it and stuff which i did this se- when i rewatched it um some of the like little pick the images that they use in it were from season two of star trek discovery which they were also used in a similar very similar thing where um in that one there's a time traveler from the future this time traveler um, comes back in time briefly, mind melds with Spock, or rather, Spock mind, wel- mind melds with this time traveler, and he sees a ton of destruction—you know, a bunch of planets exploding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, they're fight. There's basically in star- that season of Star Trek: Discovery. There's an out of control AI that they're all battling. And just to remind you, uh, Star Trek: Discovery is set like a couple years before the original series. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, there's this out of control AI. They defeat it. You know, whatever. Uh, and then um, it, it ends with the, the the discovery going into the future, like even beyond this, like a thousand years after Picard or something along those lines. I don't remember exactly. But um, I'm hoping that this was just reusing spe- kind of minor special effects just to save money because why do a CGI of a world exploding for a second time Um but given that there's so many parallels to like here here's a prophecy about either a an a out of control ai or b artificial life yeah i mean kind of sense. six of one half a dozen of the other that they're trying to connect the two in some way i hope that's not the case because i you know i thought discovery season two was pretty good but like don't connect this stuff keep them separate we don't need everything to be one story it's a big universe man like the, like whenever you have too much stuff connect like that it makes things feel small like there's like a uh, like, uh, one of the things that I didn't like about the new Star Wars is everyone in it was somehow related to the, like, previous group of people. Like, they're all related to Skywalkers and related to um, Solo oh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like, I guess, it like, I get why people do it, but it makes it feel like you're living in a really tiny world as opposed to a big world where there's tons of people doing all kinds of stuff. It's a whole galaxy. And a lot of crazy stuff is happening everywhere. And I think... Just connecting this stuff's a bad idea. Don't do it. I hope that they're not. I hope it was just being kinda of cheapy on special effects because it's like f- three seconds of a world exploding and why would you do that twice? But mm-hmm. we'll see. I hope I hope it I hope that's not the case.
1: Did you say it was the actual same footage or very similar?
0: From from what I could I did a little reading online and people are saying it is the exact same footage. Huh. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah that there was, that that'd be crazy if it wasn't like you know, I hope
0: it's not man i just it's just to be so stupid and it would actually and to be honest though like that plot line in season two was kind of dumb. There was a lot of other cool stuff in season two of discovery, but that like main plot line with this out of control a i system was not it was it was just really dumb. Um, the one other thing I thought uh, I did notice in there was there was a bunch of like uh, little shots of like Romulans or Vulcans like uh, you couldn't tell but you could see the green blood in the ears. Um, they were like one of them like shot herself in the head and the other like ripped her face off. It was pretty it was pretty wild. You had to like pause it just at the right time to see it. But um, mm. so that stuff makes me think it might be more prophecy or something. But yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't I don't really like prophecy in Star Trek. Uh, no it's not about that anytime you're like bringing in a prophecy it's like all right give me some generic like here's a generic fantasy movie of like yeah, yeah. the prophecy foretold that you know the main character would rise up from you know being a goat herder and find the magic lasso and you know lasso the big boy and get him indeed and it, yeah. always you big, gotta big lasso that lasso. big boy <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I, I guess the, the other last thing I want to say about that sequence is I think it, it does prove that Gerardi is being used. Yeah. She is not some sort of deep cover villain. She is just someone who was being forced or convinced to do something out of character, and it's kind of over her head. Yeah, and that's when I decided I just
1: disliked her character from here on out. And the rest of the episode that she was in... Reinforce that. Like, I hated every scene she was in because she was just so crazy looking and just weird. And just, again, on the nose that she's, you know, about to go crazy because she's just staring off into space, smiling and nodding, eating her cake. It's weird. Strange.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not entirely out of the. Room. I mean, she isn't. She is literally in shock, though. Like, she was traumatized. She had to kill a dude and she's not a killer. You know, she's just. A scientist.
1: Yeah, I mean that's um, what I'm saying. That's yeah. not super interesting. And yeah. she can at least, I mean, get rid of that ugly cry face when she's on TV for me, and let me have something to look at. I saw I'm, bombshells I, last night, and oh uh, yeah, the Fox News uh, uh, anchor movie. It was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I uh, skipped that one. It has some <laughs> actresses in it who I enjoy seeing, but I was just like. I don't think I need to see a movie where, like, these Fox News uh, people are the heroes. Right. They all suck. Yeah. Yeah. That That's basically what it was. But they did a pretty good job
1: of making them all look yeah. as shitty as possible.
0: I was curious about it and probably would have gone to see it in the theater. You know, if I was just like, oh, I need, I want to go to the movies. This seems like a reasonable choice. And then I saw that it was directed by the guy who directed Austin Powers. And I yeah. was like... You know what? I, I think I can skip uh, the guy from Aust- who directed Austin Powers trying to do a um, kind of like an Oscar bait type movie. You know, um, I
1: loved Austin Powers. I thought it was great.
0: Well, yeah, but I don't. You know, that was also Socky 1996. Me, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
1: think,
0: I think it's time to get. Okay, we got to bring back Austin Powers. We'll start an Austin Powers cast where we can. We'll we'll, we'll review all the original Austin Powers movies. Find any Austin Powers tie-in material. In other words, soundtracks. You know, maybe there was like a short-lived children's animation show that seems like something that might have existed. Ooh, I wonder if
1: there's any plush Fat Bastard uh, action figures.
0: Yeah. Um, ooh, maybe there was like a really bad PlayStation One game where, like, you know, you're Austin Powers, and it's like a really like low low polygon 3D, and whenever he like grabs, uh, you know, whatever a power up that's like a I don't know, maybe it's it's a, a cocktail, and he says, "Groovy, baby." <laughs> Where you gotta shag your way to save the world. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like There's like scenes set in discos and stuff. But it's because it's for the PlayStation, they had to like de-sex everything. And, you know, um, he he says shagadelic baby, but he never does any shagging. Dang it. Dang it.
1: Wait a minute. Why it, would it, that be a PlayStation? Wouldn't that be like a Nintendo or Xbox? No, but, well, today, yes. Like PlayStation but, like,
0: had Grand Theft Auto we were, on it yeah but but not like playstation one back in nineteen ninety seven okay. they were the game still had to be more kid friendly at that point um anyway so off the we'll skip the austin powers uh cast stuff but uh, <laughs> um the uh the uh, uh the the next sequence we uh after we get that little intro bit uh um with the flashback we see the La Serena trying to escape a tractor beam. And this is you know, mostly just Gerardi freaking out while they just kind of like, do the thing. No, you do it. We got to get out of here. Nothing particularly interesting. But Rafi briefly sees these pictures um, of drawings of three interlocking rings. Did you notice that? That was the language the Borg ship was running on, right? That was the Borg, Borg cube code? Because that's what she said right before that. She, they she up said that. And then she kind of like cocks her head and looks at a screen and it shows like what to me looked like a photo and then a photo, you zoom in on that photo mm-hmm. and it looked like it might have been the one where the, what do you call them, the, the XB Romulans um, the room that they were in that was the kind of like goofy, um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest psych ward type thing. Uh-huh. It looked like it might have been someone writing in there because it was like a whole wall covered with the same symbol gotcha. drawn over and over. Gotcha. And it was instead of the two, the reason I think it's interesting is instead of the two overlapping rings like a Venn diagram um, that are on the necklaces of Soji and uh, Dodge um, instead, it was three overlapping rings, so one big one and then one big circle and then two smaller circles off to the side. yeah now, given that we already have a symbolism of two rings, what could the third one be? Is that uh a third sister is that some sort of you maybe know whatever it's
1: how like they, how they draw chemical bonds so that's that's hydrogen and then you've got two oxygens over there, maybe.
0: Maybe it's that simple. It's like, or maybe it was a
1: sign for like a water fountain, and that's just what it has above it: H two O. You know what? I think you cracked the code, Nick. On, Wat, on. Rafi's like, "Well, we're stuck here. I wonder if there's a water in hole." She yeah. Google's it. it; doesn't work.
0: You got it. You nailed it. I think we can move on to the next topic. Uh-huh. So, then the get, uh, so, then we, so then we get. So <laughs> then, so then we get Marissa. Um, like interrogating poor Hugh, and then just murders three XBs or several XBs because he won't give up where the <laughs> ship is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of a just, I guess, showing her brutality more than anything oh, else. It man. wasn't. She's my favorite character now. You like her uh, mustache-twirling villainy, or her sexiness, or both?
1: I believe you only mentioned one thing there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Total package uh, of, of villainy and evil. Yeah. yeah. Although he did get Eleanor actually being brave, you know, and that he stayed behind and tries to save Hugh and stuff, even though it. I guess he didn't. He didn't think it through though, because then when
1: he's alone, you see him whimpering in the corner, and until he finds that little beacon.
0: Well, he, he's not whimpering. He's just trying to hide. No,
1: he's shaking. Like he's got. Mm. A, he's like, ah, I don't know what to do, and then he just happens mm. to see it, and he's like, yes. A way out. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah I think he was, you're right there. He was like shaking. He was overwhelmed. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. This is all by himself.
0: So now let's jump to the kind of meat of the episode, which is Picard and Soji going to Nepenthe. So mm-hmm. they, you know, teleport on there. They meet this character, Kestra, who we later find out is Troy and Riker's daughter. I really loved this. I, I know you didn't like this episode as much as I did, but I really loved this sequence. I love the. Uh, uh, you know, I think Kestridge is just like a good, interesting kid character because you know, if you are a kid that's growing up in this kind of isolated space for for very good reason, but you're gonna end up being a weird ass kid. No, I um, liked her
1: character a lot, uh, and yeah. I
0: really thought that she was a
1: wild girl of the woods until she's like, yeah. oh no, this is just a costume. Oh yeah,
0: cut damn it. It's that's a very that's a very like twelve year old thing to do to be like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, I just want to make sure you knew that I'm not like. I know I'm pulling this off, but I want to make sure you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, could shoot you, yeah, I think, but I wouldn't because I'm a pacifist. But I could. <laughs> but she did, she did shoot two of those bunny corns to get some sausage. Right. Um, yeah, I think. I guess the only other thing is like you talked about it earlier, like Picard really fucking up and letting Soji be totally shocked. I mean, I think part of it's like he doesn't know what she doesn't. He doesn't know what she doesn't know. You know. He was, uh has barely met her. He's seen her for like all of like, whatever, like four minutes at this point, maybe five minutes, not very long. He, I think he does know. know though, because he knows how Dodge was. And then he knew when, approximately when
1: she started realizing, you know, who she was or that she wasn't who she thought she was.
0: Cause he, yeah. Which is like, I
1: think she's, you know, finally discovering or whatever it was.
0: In the yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we get to uh, after that they show up and uh, at the big beautiful like rustic cabin of Riker and Troy, and this was where I just this show just was like wrapping me in a warm hug, man. Just yeah. seeing all those three back on screen together, it really got me. Um, all the stuff with Kestra and Soji was really good. Um, again, we you know Kestra was a great character, great young actress. Um, I loved all the little callbacks to Data, where like Kestra was clearly ex- ex- super psyched about Data, and this guy she'd always heard of. He's like, "Oh, do you do you do you like cats? Do you like Sherlock Holmes? Do you know how to play the violin?" You know, I mean, it's what you would ask an Android if
1: Data was the only Android you'd ever heard of.
0: Yeah, because he's you know there aren't very many androids. There was mm-hmm. Data, his evil brother. Uh, and then, uh, I think there, uh, the, the, the daughter that Data created, uh, whose name I can't recall at this moment. And then there was kind of a semi-Android that, uh, Noonien Singh created that was supposed to be like a replica of his dead wife, if I remember right. Um, but I don't remember if she was like a full-fledged Android-Android, it was just kind of a simulacrum. Gotcha. Um, I haven't seen that episode since I was like a kid. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, I just... Another one that really got me was Troy and Picard, or when when Troy and Picard go into Troy, uh, Troy and Riker's kids, uh, son's bedroom, and this like character of Thad is this you know son that died very young. Troy's performance, I really loved, uh, you know, like specifically the way like Picard is. Says something about her feelings and how it must be really hard for her, or really hard for her to see Kestra to have difficulty grieving. And the way she just kind of you kind of see it in her eyes, she just suddenly redirects the conversation about to something else. Um, and I thought just because Picard is you know, he's been kind of isolated for a while, he's kind of stepping on his uh, stepping on people's feelings right now. And like she's just like, No, we're not going to talk about that, we're going to move to this other thing. It's so great to see you, Captain. Um I thought that was just really well played and that she's also like she's really happy to see Picard and she's genuinely happy to see this guy but like trouble's fucking following him and she doesn't want to lose her daughter too and I thought that she played the balance of that really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of the danger, Riker
1: calling to tell his, his cabin to shields up and scan for Romulan's yeah. cloaking devices. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Man, he's he's the king, love Riker. Uh,
1: yeah, he, he he did his bridge bridge things, his his lines several times throughout the episode. So everybody kind of got their their uh their line from him, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh shields up.
0: Yep. I loved uh when he gets out there and he's making pizza, <laughs> chatting with him and Picard. You know, like Riker at the Big Pizza Oven, chatting with Picard. For one, that pizza looked really good. And I would definitely enjoy For a sure. slice of that pizza. But I also just loved the way that, like, I don't know, Riker had, like, this, he he wanted to help out Picard, but he was also clearly a little disappointed that Picard was just back on his bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And then he completely breaks down the
1: situation, and reads, reads Picard like a book, and it's like, yeah. hmm,
0: tell me about it, Captain. Yep. I thought that was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <laughs> I also love when Soji comes up, says hello, and then does the data head tilt. Uh-huh. That was perfect. She nailed it too. It was, it wasn't too on the nose, but you could definitely see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm guessing you probably didn't enjoy the garden scene as much as I did, where Troy and Soji were having this kind of intense conversation. Um, but I found it really affecting. Yeah, I mean, it affected me. It
1: annoyed me. Like I, it felt so, di- like uh troy was just you know deceiving her in any way like i don't know i felt troy was uh unwelcoming angry and maybe even a little menacing
0: but that's because mm. i hate her
1: because yeah, i mean
0: I, I i guess to your point like like she is probably a little anxious about this new person rolling up and she has to but you know she's like a, literally an empath in the sense mm-hmm. that she feels people's feelings. Um, I don't know so if she's literally is one. She claims to be one. Beta have psychic powers, Nick. She she's talks not to her mom. Betasoid. on. She's half Beta She can yeah. psychically talk yeah. to other Beta but she, not to humans. Supposedly, she's just been cold You're reading, skeptical. folks. <laughs> I don't appreciate it.
1: I do not appreciate frauds.
0: So you don't think she can get the million dollars from the James Randi Foundation to no. prove psychic powers? If she could, she would. She'd be living somewhere else other than a pimp cabin in the woods. I actually think that's probably exactly where I would want to live if I mm-hmm. won a million dollars is that that pimp cabin in the woods. Because that place was beautiful. I want to live there. I mean, I if I out there forever. There.
1: I'd definitely be there. That'd be fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just hanging out with Riker. You know? Making you pizza. Be great. <laughs> um... Uh. I did. The one little bit they talk about there was their son, Thad, you know, because he was born in space, uh, like born on a spaceship, becoming obsessed with the idea of homeworlds, that people are from a planet, that most people are from a planet. I just right. thought that was the kind of like a very, felt like a very natural thing for like a kid born in space to be obsessed with, you know? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. There's some really little. Like, that's one of the things I think this show has really nailed. Is one of those little, like, little, like, details of how someone would react in this kind of weird scenarios, you know? Um, I really appreciated that about the show. I also appreciated Troy going off on Picard when he fucked up and was yelling at Soji. And she's like, don't fucking do that shit. Just <laughs> really ripping into him in a way that only she could pull off. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, after that, we have this dinner sequence, and I did. Like that that was, you know, which is where finally kind of they come to a consensus and kind of Soji and Picard make up. But um, I really liked how he encouraged her to come to trust him, not by listening to him, but by using her abilities to like hear his heartbeat, hear the tone in his voice, see his eyes. Again, I thought that was a smart way to handle that, like something that could actually convince someone. What did you... I think he was just mansplaining or android explaining <laughs> you know, how to
1: tell whether somebody's lying. And she's like, I know you think you're honest, you old curmudgeon, but I don't trust yeah. nothing about this. Yeah. She probably knows Elon Musk's, you know, very well-thought-out theory about us being in a simulation.
0: And she believes it sure. Yeah. So, uh, one last thing about that sequence was just the, the kid was, uh, Kestra was like texting on her space iPhone with um, this Captain Rupert Crandall figure that they mentioned a couple of times. Like, it, you're not going to create a character that sounds interesting. It's this, oh, this old captain with a busted up ship who they keep mentioning twice. Like, we've got to see this guy. And I'm just, who, the, who is he going to be? Is he going to be someone that we've seen before? Is he going to be some, like, maybe, maybe he's somebody undercover? You know, maybe it's not really... uh, That's not his real name. He's probably still hiding out there on Nepenthe after the whole
1: Epstein Mm -hmm. scandal. Yeah. You know, I've heard he and the the prince
0: were in some pictures with him. No, it's not good. It's bad. Bad dude. (laughs) Bad guys. Epstein was Uh, an inside job. It's true. Uh, So, you know, I guess the last thing that happens here is Picard and Riker hang out and drink coffee. Uh, Just, like... That that specific conversation of them sitting there on the dock in the in the lake, like just chatting about, you know, where they're at in life. That was where I think like, I just wanted that part to continue for like ninety minutes. Also, I loved Riker's shirt. It had this like weird diagonal cut with like a couple of buttons on it. Um, seemed very comfortable. Yeah. No, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. Sort of a chef's shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It did look like like a modified chef's shirt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, just you know, I guess this is probably the last. Like, I can't imagine in the, in the later seasons they will we will get to see another Troy Riker Picard conversation like this. It'd be a bit repetitive to come back to Nepenthe, but it just felt like a great coda to this like really great you know friendship that's spanned decades. You know, well, you never know. It, it may not be back on Nepenthe, and maybe
1: Riker uh, goes back into space like he alluded to. <sighs> Good reason. You're right.
0: Mm-hmm. You are correct because he's not retired. He's on um, active reserve. So, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get him maybe back at, Gets back ar- at the helm. Gets the old uh, band
1: back together, and mm. they have to go take care of business with their lack yeah. of
0: baggage. That's true. That's mm. true. So. We already talked about this a little bit, but on La Serena, as they're trying to escape, you know, they're trying, they escape the boar cube. Narek is chasing them because Gerardi has a tracker inside her body. I, yeah, like you, I didn't really like this whole sequence, you know. I mean, the only thing I, I don't know, like, Rafi being nice to her was kind of sweet, but like, the only part I really liked was the kind of ambiguity around whether Rios really suspected that Rafi had the tracker or if he was just saying it to try to get Gerardi to fess up. Um, It was a little ambiguous to me what he was trying to do. Uh, But also, like, her zapping herself with a neurotoxin seems like the wrong solution. Just fessing up and saying, let's try to figure out a solution together probably would have been better than basically committing suicide.
1: Okay, so I got a completely different read off of every aspect you just discussed. All right, give me your read. Rafi was obviously acting to try to get information out of her. And when she was being nice, she wasn't being nice. She was pretending to be nice. She does not mm. like Agnes Gerard. does not trust her and thinks that she is the reason that they're having these issues because she's been acting strange. Um, you know, since the moment she got on the ship, uh, Rafi has not trusted her. So that's, that's what true. she was doing whenever she was talking to her, getting her all fucked up, giving her some of that snake weed uh and cake. <laughs> and I don't... I, I mean, to me, it was extremely obvious like, that that's what was happening. And the only reason that Girardi didn't, you know, you know, pull back from it was because she was either, one, completely um, messed up or uh, uh, in shock, or, um, you know, she was doing something similar. But uh, I think that that's not the case, and she was just sort of mm. in shock. But Rafi was definitely... Um, you know putting on a, a, a fake smile there um, and I think that what's his name Rios definitely uh, you know was thinking with the wrong head, whatever he thinks that Rafi's the one you know he, he, he took what's her name over there to pretend that he was checking on her, but then to to you know gossip with her and he was pretty surprised whenever she hit herself with a neurotoxin, but the neurotoxin wasn't to kill herself she was trying to kill. The tracker that she put in her so you know it may be that humans are a species that aren't it isn't deadly for that to happen but whatever the neuro tracker the tracker that's in her was is susceptible to that and you know it just has some negative consequences but yeah i don't think she was trying to kill herself i think she was trying to get rid of the tracker
0: hmm it's interesting how we both read this, both basically the opposite in all these scenes. Well, we'll see what happens in the the new one that's already out, and we can watch it tonight after we watch uh, Joe Biden uh, be demolished by future President Bernie Sanders. Yes. Um, oh yeah, I guess we didn't. T- uh, one last thing was the other stuff that happened at the artifact. None of which is really much to say, other than um, you know we got to see the very cool little, uh, cool but short battle between Elnor and Nerissa. I thought that was pretty fun. She definitely Ancient played enemies. Elnor now and she fucking played him too like he, she knew exactly how to get this young guy plan his arrogance give him it's like oh we're gonna do the honor fight then you know kill she, Hugh and teleport she, out
1: she also was getting beat by him like he was going that there, there wasn't anything to show that she was actually gonna win that fight um but yeah she but did she, she did out yeah him.
0: she She did not need to win the fight though she just Correct. needed to distract him by fighting him so she could kill Hugh and teleport out mm-hmm. um I am excited to see Seven of Nine return, you know, and I guess they're gonna maybe take the cube over and lead a Borg resistance or something against the Romulans, but you know, which seems pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, last thing, do you have any favorite lines from this episode? Um, I would say probably whatever Picard just is being a dick to
1: uh, Soji in the garden and telling her, "Ha oh, ha, yeah, of course we're we're all uh, out to get you," and then Soji punches him in the shoulder and knocks him down almost, and Riker catches him, and he's like, you just had to say dinner's ready. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of funny. <laughs> mine were With well, his exasperated, <laughs> exasperated expression.
0: I loved it. But Mine were also both Riker, and uh, oh. one of them, uh, when he says, uh, you're going to be ass deep in Romulans. Yeah. yeah and then great. the second one is when he looks at Picard, he just goes, classic Picard arrogance. <laughs> Because uh-huh. that's true, man. That like the, Picard's hubris and his arrogance, like, that is really the guy's like key fault. You know, yeah. like he's a, he is a good human being and a good leader and very talented and very skilled, but just will bump bump up against hubris and arrogance from time to time. I mean, Picard is
1: himself and the actor that plays Picard. It's, you know, our fans of the classics and the classic epics. That's what the issue was: was hubris. So.
0: Yep. It's true. It's true. All right. Well, um, I'm looking forward to seeing this new episode, and hopefully, the next one will be much shorter. Um, Now that we're all on quarantine lockdown, uh, gonna have plenty of time to uh, catch up on some Star Treks. Not Uh, me. No jail can hold me. You're gonna go out there and just be kissing everybody on the street. Just hawking loogies. Yep. Yep. Gonna be typhoid Nick over here.
1: It's better than than the previous disease name that
0: i had what's that (laughs) good night (laughs) all right good night everyone